0: Hi, this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to this episode of the Deep South Drama podcast. It's being released on Sunday, March 29th, and I'm calling it our unconventional hero's journey. During this time of grappling with the pandemic in the United States, we're really still just at the beginning of it. There is a lot of um, heroic type talk spoken in terms of war. And I would like to suggest that for most of us, our hero's journey is more unconventional, more similar to the Buddha's path toward um, heroism than a warrior's path. So we'll take a look at that. I want to remind you that for opportunities to connect with allies on your own journey, I have uh, two offerings, or we, we at Deep South Dharma have a couple of offerings during the week. One is on Wednesdays at 1130 Central Time. It's just 30 minutes. It's just midweek meditation. We get on Zoom, greet each other. I lead us in 20 minutes of meditation. People have a minute or two to share reflections or ask questions. And then we're done by noon on Central Time. And then on Saturday mornings, uh, for the time being, The Oxford, Mississippi practice group of Deep South Dharma is meeting also online and so that means you're welcome to join us from anywhere. Uh, Both of these um, classes, uh, groups, are occurring um, on Zoom and you can find that link, Uh, there are different links for those, but you can find those links. at our website deepsouthdharma.org and if you would like some occasional uh, news occasional reflections to come in your uh, email also um, you can use that website deepsouthdharma.org to register to hear from i promise i won't spam you it's actually the opposite of spam i probably don't send out things (laughs) as much as i should so um, with that Just want to offer you those resources and uh, turn our attention now to our unconventional hero's journey. Addressing two issues or at least two issues inspired my desire to develop this talk on our unconventional hero's journey. One issue is the issue of what in meditation circles we sometimes call comparing mind, just the presence of that activity of mind that is constantly comparing our experience to other people's experience. I have... um, I have the opportunity to talk with a good number of people in a week's time, and one of the things that really strikes me about what we're all going through right now in dealing with the pandemic is that no matter where we are, no matter what our roles are in this worldwide drama, the mind has that capacity to go into comparing mode so some people I interact with may be having a sense of survivor's guilt because they're in a relatively privileged situation and they don't know why it is that they get to have that situation while other people are struggling so much other people are in the midst of a great deal of struggle and comparing their situation to others, maybe feeling less than because of it or somehow hurt or um, diminished. Then there's also just the issue of the fact that, that we are, that our life circumstances, as they've developed up to this point, have placed us in the situations that we are right now. So that for some of us, Our role is to be right there on the front lines, and I'll address that language in just a moment, right up front in dealing with the virus. Lots of exposure, lots of risk. Other people are having the challenge of being asked to stay inside and read a book for once. And and that's not always easy either. Some people have, even among the people that are all staying at home right now, there are different circumstances. Some people are alone who would rather not be alone. Some people are alone who have survivor guilt about being alone. Some people have a house full of kids and very grateful to have their families all under one roof right now. Some people are feeling completely overwhelmed by having everybody under one roof right now. So I just say all that to illustrate that where we find ourselves right now is where we find ourselves and comparing our current situation to that of other people is not what is going to help us continue on our personal hero's journey. Now the title of the talk though is our unconventional hero's journey and what prompts that title is partly wanting to help us shift away from using war talk to address this crisis of healing that we're having for so long in our at least in our western culture for things to be considered valid worth spending money on etc there has had to be a war a common enemy so to speak and so it's natural that that there's that tendency to default to that language um, in this particular crisis. But it's not useful and, in fact, can be deadly. And so I want to just suggest, as I said in my introduction, that the hero's journey that we're looking at right now is much more similar to the Buddha's heroic journey rather than the typical warrior Hero Journey. I found a really useful, fun, and really pretty concise article about the Hero's Journey, Um, the Hero's Journey that was fleshed out by Joseph Campbell in his work on um, mythology and finding the commonalities that help us understand something about the human psyche and human spiritual development. The article actually was written by uh, a screenwriter named Dan Bronsight, and it's on uh, movieoutline.com. The link is in the the description of the podcast. So you you may want to take a look at that. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to share the 12 uh, aspects, the 12 stages of the hero's journey that he draws from another screenwriter, Christopher Vogler, and, but I'll only go into detail on some of the stages because, of course, we, we haven't gone through all the stages yet. So I just want to stick with what's relevant and most useful right now. So I'll just list them first. You can look it up and read more in depth later. But just to help us frame this discussion, I'll list them first. One, ordinary world. Basically, where we started at the beginning of all this. Whatever we thought of as our ordinary world. Two, the call to adventure. So the call to adventure can be like <laughs> Elsa hearing a song in Frozen's Two, or it can be a direct threat to our safety. Three, there's the refusal of the call, um, where there are second thoughts or fears or just kind of wanting to avoid the suffering altogether. And I think we've definitely seen that in ourselves, at least in our American society, we have. Four is meeting the mentor. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment. Five is crossing the threshold, sort of, you know, here we've gone through four previous stages before finally getting ready to truly begin the quest, whether that quest is physical, spiritual, or emotional, And we may go willingly or we may be pushed into it. Six is called Tests, Allies, Enemies. Seven is Approach to the Inmost Cave. Eight is Ordeal. Nine is Reward. Ten is The Road Back. Eleven is Resurrection. So a long, long way off from lots of space, lots of activity, time, development between the refusal of the call and the resurrection, and 12, the return. So what I want to highlight uh, for us right now, I mean, some of that I've done already is just pointing out that, um, that the call to adventure, you know, some of us remember exactly where we were when we realized this coronavirus was a serious thing. Some of us have yet to realize it. Um, and then for some of us, it was sort of a, a slowly dawning realization. And maybe we don't remember a particular moment. But however it comes to be, there's this call to recognizing that that the ordinary world is threatened or not ordinary anymore. And even those of us who are trying to sort of follow all the rules, so to speak, of good hygiene, of staying in place or doing whatever it is that is our role to do, there can be sort of a subtle refusal of the call where we think, well, maybe if I do everything right, things can just go back to normal. And what I want to just highlight is that what we are working toward is a new normal. You know, when I was a when I was a family counselor and did these family programs in um, addiction treatment centers, trauma treatment centers, one of the things that we had to help families with is the recognition that what we're working toward is a new normal. It's not, oh, let's get rid of this little old problem of addiction or trauma, and, and then we can go back to life as it was before. Because life as it was before is part of what shaped the problem we're dealing with now. And so what we're working toward is a new normal. We're working toward healing for sure, but the healing does not represent going back to the old normal. So uh, meeting the mentor, you know, um, that is a very individual process. Um, But you know, you can take a look at who the mentors are in your life, and the most important mentor, you know, is is internal, obviously, um, or maybe not so obviously. I think about you know on the the Buddha's um, hero's journey. You know his mentors were initially seeing seeing these representations of aging, sickness, and death, and then fourthly the divine messenger is what is called in the sort of the folk tales around the Buddha, the divine messenger of seeing a person who was dedicated to the spiritual life to the search for the deathless and um so that was that was his um Meeting the mentor. Now, I will also just mention, uh, because so many of us that um, that that meet together that uh, that listen to this podcast um, are in the Deep South or grew up in the Deep South, where the hero story that we grew up hearing, the other iconic journey was that of Jesus, and you know one of my dearest friends that I enjoy so much, when he did his master's thesis in ministerial school, he posited this possibility that John the Baptist represented Jesus as an angry young man. And that when John the Baptist sort of shows this, pays deference to Jesus, that that sort of symbolizes that transition of Jesus into a more mature mode of being, uh, shifting from this warlike stance to to a more um, internal cultivation. So, but even if if you don't go that route, definitely you can see the um, John the Baptist as that mentor. In the Dan uh, Bronside article, one of the things that I'll just describe, I'll just share what he says about meeting the mentor. He says at this crucial turning point where the hero desperately needs guidance, he meets a mentor figure who gives him something he needs. He could be given an object of great importance, insight into the dilemma he faces, wise advice, practical training, or even self confidence. Whatever the mentor provides the hero with, it serves to dispel his doubts and fears and gives him the strength and courage to begin his quest. So for many of us, we we are maybe feeling sort of forced by circumstances into living a very different life right now, but we may not have actually begun our quest or we may, we actually may have begun our quest and listening to podcasts of this nature is part of, is part of gathering the resources that we need for our own adventure. So, you know, in these, just carrying on for a moment with these, Stories um, when Jesus receives this confidence, so to speak, from John the Baptist, this acknowledgement that um, this acknowledgement of who he is, of something of his true nature, he goes into the desert and to um, to pray, to gather what he needs, and. And, and face these tests, discovers his allies, the Holy Spirit and the angels, um, recognizes his the internal enemies right of, of uh, greed and hatred and delusion, which delusion shows up here as sort of, who do you think you are? Right? And with the Buddha, the story that then others of us who listen to this podcast are more familiar with that story, maybe rather than going off in the desert to practice, there's the going into the forest, there's the eventually after, after bouncing from one extreme to the other, finally finding a mode of practice, working with it until then coming into, um, coming into this next stage that is called the approach to the inmost cave. Um, now I would argue that While we may individually be all in different places, in some respects, many in our world are at this approach to the inmost cave that um, Joseph Campbell spoke of um, the belly of the whale, Jonah and the whale that story. Um, As an example, many of us are sort of having that feeling of having to be closed in where we don't want to be. And even if we are one of those employees that are, uh, that provide essential services right now, like medical care, providing food, providing utilities, including internet, um, that sort of thing, that we still are, have that feeling of being um, in the belly of the whale by virtue of, of having life limited between home and work. And with, um, so going into the inmost cave, it may be the inmost cave or the top of a mountain, but wherever it is that, that we deal with these, this terrible danger um specifically the terrible danger that comes from our own internal conflicts this is where we make the shift in a very real way from realizing that being at war with the world at being at war with nature is not where the solution is going to happen for us that more that what threatens us most is internal and specifically Right now, um, as as through much of history, what the real challenges with, that we're grappling with right now are the three kinds of cravings that we experience our craving for stimulation. Um, and that shows up you know when when we are in our homes and and um, I mean sometimes we can get outdoors and get the nice stimulation of sunshine, fresh air, um, if we can get that safely. But, you know, here in our homes, we recognize that there's that itch for constant activity, um, lots of screen time that sends some stimulation to the brain, that kind of thing. So noticing our craving for stimulation, you know, uh, seems to drive people into situations of a danger, of actual physical danger, by taking themselves into crowded places or places that are not beneficial just to have something to do. Um, And so, and then there's the craving to be somebody special or to be somebody other than we are. So that comes, that, that comes up a lot with the, the craving, I mean, excuse me, the comparing mind that I was talking about before. Recognizing, and it's really helpful When just to know that these cravings are there, it's not to say that, oh, I'm wrong for having these cravings. It's to know that, oh, as part of the package of having this human form, I'm going to experience this craving for stimulation and I can learn how to work with it, um, how to manage it, what kinds of stimulation are beneficial and which are not. This craving to be somebody special or be somebody other than we are. is best met by being aware of the craving as a natural result of being human and by developing some understanding and appreciation for who we are and where we are in this moment. Um, And trusting that if we can learn to be fully who we are as we are in this moment, um, it will be enough to meet whatever it is that we individually and collectively have to meet. The third craving may sound repetitive, but there is a slight difference. The third craving is the craving not to be, not to be where we are, not to be feeling what we're feeling. This is sort of the craving for oblivion. And so whereas some of us are more wired to have craving for stimulation and are antsy and, and uh, constantly feeling that itch to do something, whether it's useful or not, some of us are at the other extreme of craving for oblivion and finding that when we're in our homes without a lot to do, there's the tendency to, to, to sleep too much. I think it actually could be very beneficial if many of us slept a bit more than we typically do during this time. But for some of us, we sleep so much that one lady shared with me um, that uh, during a, a difficult time like this, that, you know, she was sleeping so much that she actually physically hurt because there was a healthy part of her that wanted to be up and moving, but this craving for oblivion um, sort of kept kept her down, kept her asleep. So, you know, it is, and this is the issue in the, this is the ordeal that we're going through, and we cannot be reborn. We cannot experience the resurrection, whether a great American resurrection or any other kind of resurrection until we are willing to face this ordeal and to deal and to, to meet it um, with, with courage, with care, with being willing to um, give ourselves and others compassion for where we are, to be willing to reach out to help, you know, even though we are so limited in so many ways right now, you know, if Jonah had had internet in the belly of the whale, he may not have had to suffer quite so long or quite so miserably. So there are resources like this podcast, like groups that are offered opportunities to connect with friends through phones, internet, that sort of thing. So allowing ourselves to be connected, but also Allowing ourselves to develop a fearlessness toward going into that innermost cave, um, and allowing ourselves just to be with ourselves and our own true nature for a li- even if just for a little bit every day. If you're living in a crowded house, just allowing yourself to receive that download of support and of guidance and of sheer energy and motivation to face the day with some care and compassion and creativity that takes going inside to to access that. And it takes going inside doesn't have to be for hours, but, but it does take going inside. So if we're going to be ready to create a new normal, right, to, to seize the, to receive the reward of of healing and make the road back to a new normal, then we can't skip the work that we're asked to do right now. And we may feel like the work that we're asked to do right now is boring or conversely too dangerous or, you know, sort of mundane. But whatever it is that is being asked of you by your life right now, Take a look at where you are in your own journey. And if you want to help save the world, be where you are and meet that with as much compassion and skill as you can. And be willing to receive support, the support of allies, the support of mentors, and be willing to offer that support to others along the way. Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. just a reminder that by design, this podcast is not run off of commercial support. If you would like to be a sponsor of our podcast, you can do so by visiting anchor.fm slash deepsouthdharma and follow the instructions there. And if you're in the Oxford, Mississippi, North Mississippi area, please know you're always welcome to join us at the Oxford Practice Group on Saturday mornings, at 10 a.m. Central Time. Information about that is at deepsouthdharma.org. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.